0: Well, good morning, Cross Point Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing well? Wow, what enthusiasm. That's, that is great for a first service. I love it. So uh, it's good to see you here this morning. You know, I, I know we still have a lot of people uh, away for spring break. I know uh, some of our mission teams have, are not yet back uh, from being on missions and, and, uh, and whatnot. But it's so good to see you here this morning. And I want to ask you a question here. Uh, before we dive into the message, can you believe that we are just one week away from Easter? Can you believe that? Uh, that's something worth uh, celebrating, I tell you. And, and I'm so excited that uh, that we are that close. I love Easter. It's uh, it's one of the as a pastor, it's one of the I think one of the the just best times of the year for me. I get real excited about Easter because you know we're we're proclaiming a message that is foundational for Christianity. And that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so as we prepare for Easter and we find ourselves just one week away from Easter, I want to ask you a question here this morning. Have you thought about who you are going to invite to church with you next week? Uh, in your seats, you'll find a, a card. And the series that we're going to be kicking off next week is called One. It's called One Faith. And, uh, and it's, a, it's, it's really going to be a great series as we really walk through a doctrinal study on, on, uh, on Jesus, uh, at least on the, the first uh, couple of uh, weeks of this series. And, and it's going to be a time where we can really learn a lot about who we are and who Christ is and, and what He has accomplished for us on the cross. We'll obviously be starting off uh, next week uh, with a message talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But, but let me just say this, you know, Easter is one of those weeks of the year when people who don't usually attend church are more willing to go to church, and it's when they go to church that they hear the gospel message that can rattly, rattly, radically excuse me, radically change their life. Let me ask you this this morning. How many of you are living the transformed, redeemed life that you have in Christ Jesus this morning? How many of you celebrate life in Christ Jesus? I tell you, it, it's something, you know, most of us have been through some very difficult and dark times in our life. Most of us have been through some, some times in our life where we are uh, maybe alone. Many of us have been in t- places in our life where we feel hopeless or maybe we're living a life without purpose. But when Jesus came into our life, that changed everything. I know it did for me, and I know it did for so many of you. And so we have an opportunity this week to invite people to come who are living at a place where we used to live living in a place where they are without hope in Christ Jesus coming to a place where they can hear that message and possibly see their lives radically changed forever. And so I want to encourage you, you know, I was looking at the title of our series One Faith and I was just thinking about this impact card and this invite card that we have that we have an opportunity of walking out of here with today. I mean, could you imagine if every one of us in this room just invited one person to come to church with us? I mean, this place would be standing room only, amen? And I just get excited about thinking about how many people might possibly be in this place next week because we believe in the mission that God has given us to go out and reach our community for Christ. There's two things you can do with this card. One is you can invite people next Saturday to Mackey Park where we have our annual Easter egg hunt from 10 to 12. And this is a great time to bring families out. And i tell you, there's nothing like seeing all those smiling faces on Saturday morning when they are out there searching for those eggs. i tell you, it's a, it's a wonderful time for our church. We do it every year, the day before Easter. And uh, it's going to be a great time this Saturday. Uh, and So invite them to come to that. Or if you want to just flip it over, you can invite them to come. And this is where we really would hope that you would do is invite them to church. Use the egg hunt is sort of a springboard for Sunday morning worship with us on on Easter Sunday. So use this card. Take this with you. Uh, There really shouldn't be any left in the seats when you guys leave uh, this morning. And so take this with you and use this as an opportunity to engage uh, someone this week and invite someone to come and be a part of uh, of your faith family. You know, I'm so excited about the message today as we wrap up a series called Come Follow Me. And we've been talking a lot about what it means. Whoa, that, that always catches me off guard. Some of you didn't see that, but this thing dropped about a foot, and I thought I was going to fall over. But anyway, uh, excuse me while I adjust it from non-smurf smurf status here. So there we go. People will use this thing, and they'll just tweak it and do something with it, leave it. I think they, they set a trap for me sometimes. They want to see me, see me fall over on this thing. But anyway... Uh, I'm excited about this message today, one that uh, teaches us a little bit more about what it means to be a, a true follower of Christ. We've been talking about over the last couple of weeks the reality that we can, we can know Jesus, we can believe in Jesus, we can even be a fan of Jesus. But what Jesus calls his disciples to is to follow him. And so what's really important for us to understand is that we are called not only to just believe in him, but to follow him. And we've been looking at what that really means for us as followers of Christ Jesus. And so let's pray, and then we're going to dive into the word here this morning. Pray with me, if you will. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do thank you for this day, and we thank you, Father, for your presence in our life. Lord, as we have uh, sang this morning songs of worship and praise and adoration to you, Father, our hearts have been filled with your presence. We have acknowledged you as holy and righteous and worthy of everything that we could offer. And today, Father, we continue to dive into your word and and to explore the truths that, that lead us to an understanding of knowing what it means to be a follower of Christ Jesus. And Lord, we recognize that, Lord, believing is not enough. Even the devil believes in Jesus. But Father, what Jesus calls us to is to lay down our life, to pick up our cross and to come and follow him wherever he leads. And so Father, our our prayer this morning is that as we continue in this study, that we would get a broader understanding of that and that we would come to a place where we truly understand that worship is centered around walking with our Savior. Lord, we love you so much and we We praise you, and it's in Jesus' name, amen. You know, we recognize through Scripture, and we've talked about this, we we recognize in Scripture that when you begin to really study what Jesus means by following Him, when He invites us to to walk with Him, to follow Him, when we begin to study that, we realize that, that Jesus so often centers in on Three huge realities in our life. All through Scripture, all through the Gospel, Jesus talks about the reality that we are to give of our time. We are to give of our time. We talked about how that can often look for us as followers of Christ Jesus. The Scriptures also point to the reality that that we are all gifted and we are all talented in, in a certain way and that we all have different and unique abilities that god himself has blessed us with and that god's intention is for us to use those abilities for for us to use those uh, talents and those gifts for his kingdom one of the things that we see over and over and over throughout scripture is that jesus also challenges us to give of our treasure to give of our treasure Jesus talks more about money and finances than most any other topic in scripture. I know that may be hard to believe because what we seem to focus in on as we examine our faith, our our Christianity, our walk with Jesus, is we talk a lot about things like, you know, our faith that we talk about grace, we talk about discipleship and growing and learning and understanding and coming to a place where where we acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, but But Jesus talks more about financial things than anything else. And so when we look at a sort of a broad picture of what Jesus challenges disciples to understand as they move from just simply being believers to followers, we see that he says, give your time, give your talent, and give your treasure. This morning, I want to look at at giving our treasure. And and as I mentioned in in the first sermon of this series, Jesus is preaching, or he was preaching, on a sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount. I want you to turn, if you will, with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 19 through 21 here this morning. But Jesus is teaching his disciples, and basically what we see is that we see him present to them what we came, come to know as the, the Beatitudes. I won't go into that. I talked about that in the first sermon of this series, but but he eventually moves into really just preaching a sermon from that, from that mountain or that hill that he sat upon. And so he began to teach the disciples a lot of things that they should understand about being a follower of Christ Jesus. He would challenge them over and over and over, come follow me. And, and, and now this is his opportunity to really help us to understand what it means to be a true follower of Christ Jesus. The whole thrust of Jesus's message in this text that we're going to be looking at here today is he challenges disciples to, to do basically two things in the Sermon on the Mount. The first thing he's challenging disciples to do is to really sweep aside, to sweep aside uh, any wrong, self-righteous, inadequate thinking that the Pharisees have focused on for so long. You see, the Pharisees have, have developed a, a religious system, if you will, that is really, it's really substandard to what Christ is offering. It's, it's man-made. It's, it's oppressing. And it's, it's, it's really, quite frankly, unattainable. And so Jesus challenges the listener there on the, during that Sermon on the Mount to, to push that to the side. He wants to present to them... Really authentic Christianity, and that's the second thing that we see here in this sermon, is that he helps us to understand what truly authentic Christianity really is. Some of the things, some of the truths that he presents are are, are encouraging. Some of them are exciting. Some of those truths are, are hard truths for us to swallow because they really just dive in deeply into the heart of the issue on so many issues in our life. But here in this text, we see something really profound today as Jesus continues to challenge and offer some really challenging thought. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, Jesus says this, he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then look at this verse here. He says in verse 23, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, over the years, I've heard a lot of people use this text to to teach a, a tithing message. And I want to be real clear here this morning. This isn't, a, this isn't a text. Jesus isn't making a statement about tithing here. Do I believe that we ought to tithe? Yes, I believe we ought to tithe. I believe that, in fact, what, what the New Testament challenges us to is to, to be very generous people with our, our finances. But what Jesus is presenting here today in this text And what he presented so long ago has more to do with just giving weekly to your local church. What we see here is that Jesus, in the statement that he makes when he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, he's challenging us to ask ourselves this question, what do we value most? what do we value most? As I look at this text, I've read this passage so many times in my life. And every time I read it, I think about this this reality. Am I I giving enough financially to the church? Am I I doing my part? But, but, But as you read this text, you begin to realize that what Jesus is is presenting to us has a whole lot more to do than just our money because you see there's a lot of things that we che- that we treasure that aren't just our finances. We talked about giving of our time and many of us in this church probably treasure our time. We guard against our time. We hang on to our time and and we don't want to give of our time. And so it may be that our time is one of those things that we treasure most. And so the challenge that Jesus offers is he says, What do you value the most in your life? Maybe it's our talents. Or maybe, quite honestly, it is our finances. Maybe we see that our our money is our money and we want to hang on to it and, and, and we don't see where we should give any of it up for the mission of the church. Maybe our money is that which we treasure most. But the reality is here, when Jesus makes this statement he is challenging us something much broader than just money. He's challenging us to consider that which we value most. Over and over and over, the New Testament points to generosity as a characteristic of an authentic believer or follower of Christ Jesus. So we know that we are to give of our money. We know that's a reality that we should be doing as we think of this. But But we also see over and over and over in Scripture that that what Jesus is really saying is, guys, being a follower of Christ Jesus is a matter of the heart. And wherever your treasure is, that's where we will find your heart. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 10 and 11 says this. says, he who supplies the seed to the sower And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest in your righteousness. And he says in verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. I love that you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Talking about being a true follower of Christ. That the things that God is going to do in our life, the, the reality that Jesus is as our Savior, the Holy Spirit is the one who is sanctifying us daily as we are being filled with the presence of God, as we are walking with Christ, as we are abiding in him, as we are living out our life as true followers of Christ, he will enrich us, he will bless us. And in that, he will lead us to be in people of generosity, not just with our money, but with our time and our talents. And so we see this as being really the understanding of what, of what Christ is calling us to do as a follower, as a true follower of Christ. When he says, come, follow me, he's not expecting us to hang on to everything that we treasure. He is expecting us to get rid of those things which are a distraction to us so that we can more freely follow Him, to invest in His kingdom, to invest in what He is calling us to do and to become. So here we see this this challenging, thought-provoking statement that Jesus makes, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so the most profound question that should arise from our text is this. Where is our heart? Where is our heart? And I'm not talking about between your chin and your belly button, okay? I know it's in this general area right here physically. I'm talking about spiritually. Where is your heart? I love what uh, Francis uh Spooford said once, he he says this one, one day, he says, God doesn't want your careful virtue, he wants your reckless generosity. He wants your reckless generosity. He wants you to give. Jesus himself says, he says, die to self, die to who you are, pick up your cross and follow me. He wants us to give of everything that we are. He wants us to give our life. He wants us to give our hearts to Him that where our treasure is, which is on Him, there our hearts will be also. He wants the heart of every believer to follow Him. So the question that should be on our hearts this morning or in our minds is where is our heart? Jesus challenges us to consider that which preoccupies us the most. I remember back in the the late 1986, 1987, I had an opportunity to start my own business. And I remember it was a very exciting time for me. I was a very young man, and and, and just the thought of starting my own business uh, was very exciting. And so I had a couple of guys that I was partnering with to do this and we got together and and I remember we we wrote down our business plan and we sort of put our thoughts together and then we went to the banks and we went and found a bank that would finance this endeavor for us and and so we borrowed the money to to do that and we we launched the company and the company started growing it was it was doing really well it was it was growing in leaps and bounds and it was a very exciting time And during that time, there was no doubt that I was a a believer in Jesus Christ. I would have even said that I was a follower of Jesus Christ. But what happened in my life during that time was I allowed the, the, the thought of success to be really the driving force in my life. And I remember thinking about the different types of investments that I could pour into. And I remember just thinking very materialistically during this time in my life, And suddenly, the focus was no longer on Jesus anymore. The focus was on what I could accomplish in this new endeavor that I had. And I'll tell you, it really led me to a very dark time in my life. Until finally, Jesus, as He so often does, reminded me that that what He's called me to do is to come follow Him. I'd lost my focus. I'd lost everything that I knew Jesus to be because I was no longer thinking about Jesus. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And at that time in my life, my heart was not on Jesus. I am thankful that that Jesus is a, is a is a is an amazing savior amen i'm am thankful that he is a gracious and merciful god i'm glad that that through the holy spirit they, what we can find is restoration because that's exactly what i found in my life and and jesus brought me back around to where i could i could focus on him once again and 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 and, and see that that which is really most important in my life is not those material things in my life but but my Savior, who is Jesus Christ. And so here we, we see this remarkable challenge, challenging statement that he says. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is our hearts this morning? Is our hearts, are our hearts on Jesus or somewhere else? Tim Keller said this once, talking about giving of ourselves to the local church church. He said this, he says, every believer should be not just a ministry consumer coming to get your needs met, but a ministry provider being one here to serve and to give. Every believer should be not just a ministry consumer coming to get get your needs met, but a ministry provider being one here to serve and to give. That's why I love this passage so much because it really challenges us to go deeper in the subject of generosity, whether we're thinking about our money or whether we're thinking about our time or everything in between. This, this passage, it really challenges us to really think about things at a deeper level. You know, there's so some in the church that, that give of their time, they give of their time every week, day in and day out. There, there are many that would give of their time, but but they don't give of their money. They hang on to their money. And then there's others who give of their money and, and don't give of their time. But I believe what Jesus is really challenging us with when, when we come to understand what a true follower of Christ is, is that it's all of the above. Give of your time. Give of your talents. Give of your treasure. It's all of the above. It's giving of ourself to, the, to belong to Christ and to follow him wherever he leads, and we will go. And so we see this remarkable thing playing out. So this morning, I want, I want to do something. I want to, I want to just say this. Uh, let's just say that we all agree that we are to all give of our time and talent and treasure. If we were to all agree that, that what we are to do and to give as followers of Christ is our time, our talents, and our treasure, let me ask you a question here this morning. What do you think our church might look, at, look like if we were doing all of the above, if we were truly following Jesus the way Jesus calls us to follow him, where he calls us to give of our time, our talents, and our treasure, if we were to all be doing that, what might our church look like today? I think that's a fair question to ask, isn't it? I know it is for me in my life. I have to challenge myself in my giving of my time. Here's a few things that I wrote down that I think the church would, what we would begin to see in the life of our church if we all begin to embrace giving of our time, talent, and our treasure. The first one is, I think we would see individuals all coming together on God's mission. And it is God's mission, isn't it? It truly is God's mission. It's, it's, it's hit, it, you know, we talk a lot about uh, being involved in a mighty movement of God. And, and I think we all recognize that, that God is doing incredible things in the life of this church. There's no doubt in my mind that this is a mighty movement of God. This is God's mission. But when the church comes together and begins to give of itself to participate in something much bigger than itself, when we as individuals begin to give our time and our talents and our treasures, then what we see is we see all these individuals coming together on God's mission. This church is on God's commission mission. As individuals, you must ask, are you with us? This church is moving forward. This church is is moving out into a community to reach hopeless people with the gospel of Jesus Christ that they may come to know Him as their Savior. This church is committed to discipleship and and that just telling people about Jesus isn't good enough, but helping them grow and be nurtured in their faith is what's truly our calling as, as Jesus would challenge us to go out and make disciples of all nations. Acts 20, verse 35 says this, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, the words that really just struck me in that verse is, is, is this reality, this calling, if you will. We must help the weak. You see, that's what God has called us to do. And right away, my mind sort of goes to the the poor, to the homeless, to the abused and the oppressed. But the reality is, is that everyone in this community without Christ Jesus is weak. They may not know it yet, but there's something missing in their life, isn't there? And so the reality is, is that That we have been called to go out and we must help the weak. We must remember the words of the Lord Jesus and show him and how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Give what? Our time, our talent, and our treasure. You know, I just want to say something here this morning. I think it's just, just been on my heart and that is just how appreciative I am of all the people that just do give of their time, that do give of their money, that do support this ministry. You know, I, I think about our staff, and, and I'll tell you, we've got a, we've got an amazing staff here, amen? We've got an amazing staff, uh, people that are giving of themselves, but we also have some amazing life group leaders, and we have amazing ministry team leaders, and you know, I think about the Bean team, and all that they contribute each week, and the many other teams that exist and, you know, I walked in this morning, and uh, usually I'm here around 8 o'clock, and I'll tell you, the bean team at 8 o'clock, they're already, they're already, man, they've about got everything put together. And this morning, I was running a little late. I came in around 8.15, and there was no bean team. I've never seen that in my life. I, I didn't even know what to do if the bean team doesn't show up. I, I, don't know, I don't even know how to make the coffee. So I didn't know what we were going to do. I was like, Uh, after 10 years, the bean team has finally forgotten they're supposed to come in and make coffee and serve donuts. I don't even know what to do. I was like, Doug, do you know what to do? He said, I don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. I mean, the bean team is just, I mean, they're so good. And then all of a sudden, I was sitting up here, and I I was talking to Spence, and I was thinking, well, today's the day we don't have coffee, and in comes the bean team. Pastor David, I hear you're looking for a cup of coffee. I thought it was so awesome. I mean, here plenty of time. I guess everybody was running a little bit late this morning, but I so appreciate all those that that give so much to the life of this church this past week. And I just want to thank those who came out on Thursday night. If you notice, you're probably not sitting in a chair this morning that is threadbare, right? uh, where, Where it's nothing but just shredded chairs. Those are gone now because we had a team of people come in and fix our chairs and and put them back out. And so there's just so many people that give of their time. But my friends, it takes us all giving of our time and our talent and our treasure. Listen to me, it takes us all. If we're going to reach this city for Christ, and I believe we can, it takes us all. I cannot believe this. This truly is a four-hour sermon, okay? I know I say that a lot, but I'm I'm still in the introduction. I, I need to hurry. Okay, so 1 Timothy 6, 18, and 19, Paul says this. He says, They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as the good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I love what Paul is saying to Timothy as he talks about people investing in the life of the church for what? For the future. He's challenging this young pastor, teach the people to give of themselves so that they may invest in the kingdom of God. Now, here's the second thing I think we'll see. And I'm I'm not kidding. We're still just really just tapping into this thing. But I'll try to hurry. But but the second thing I think we'll see, when when everybody begins to come together and, and to give of our time, talents, and treasures, I think this is something else we'll see. We will see individuals who believe in the ministry work of their church. You know what i was thinking about this statement we will see people who believe in the ministry work of this church there's a lot of people that gather here on sunday morning that no doubt love this place as a church but do we do we all sitting here this morning really believe in the ministry work of this church are we do we believe in what god is doing in this place enough that we would participate, not just come and attend, like we saw in that quote a while ago, where we are just merely consumers of what happens on Sunday morning, but are we all at a place in in the life of this church where we truly believe in the ministry? And because we believe in the ministry, what we want to do is participate in the ministry. We don't want to just come to church, we want to be the church. And I believe that when we begin to give of our time and our talent and our treasure, we're going to discover things about our life and about this church that really just sets us on fire. I really believe that. Luke 10, verse 2 says this. And he said to them, Jesus said this, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We need everyone to be on board. This isn't a plea for volunteerism, by the way. This is is a, a challenge for us, straight from the words of Jesus himself, to examine our hearts and to ask ourselves, where is our treasure? Where does our treasure lie? Because wherever our treasure lies, that's where our hearts will be also. You know, we're in the process of building a new church home. You know, currently we're in a rented place here and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, we don't have that much longer to be in this place and, and really to be good stewards of what God has given us. We have to move to a place of ownership rather than just renting a, a dilapidated old Winn-Dixie, right? We must move into a place where really truly being good stewards is where we are moving toward true ownership of the property where we can have a place but let me just say this this project that we have to build a new permanent home it's not just to build a a a church that we can be proud of and say hey look at the new church that we built this building of a new facility is all about the mission that god has placed us on to reach this community for christ And that building should become a place of equipping. That building should become a place of community. That building should become a place of spiritual growth. That building should be a place where people can walk in and hear the gospel and their lives transformed by a holy and righteous God. That's what that building should be. Amen? That's why we need a place to gather. That it can become all of those things but it's going to take every one of us giving of our time. You know, we were just sitting down with some of our, our ministry teams and looking at the number of volunteers we're going to need for that building. And the parking lot is is, is much greater. Thank the Lord for that because we struggle with that. You don't because you get to get here first, but the second service, they get to ride around doing figure eights waiting for you guys to leave because I preach too long, right? And so we we need more parking to accommodate the, the, the growth of the church. But, uh, but I'll tell you, we, we, we need more volunteers. We need more talent, giftedness, and we need more money. And Jesus says, give these things and follow me. At Cross Point Church, we are on missions. Matt Chandler once said this, and I love this. He's a pastor out in Texas, author. He said this. He said, a church consumed with Jesus will be driven to rally people around focused multiplication. For as a church feasts on Christ's mission, she is driven to multiply. She rallies leaders. She leverages resources and challenges people to participate. How many of you believe this is a church that is on fire for Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. Jesus has always been, and I hope will always be, the driving force of everything that we are. We are a church that is Christ-centered and discipleship-driven. And so one of the things that we should see is a focus on multiplication. Finally, and I'm out of time, but we've got to hurry this thing up. Finally, I think we will see individuals coming together for kingdom impact. You know, one of the realities that we see in Scripture is when God's people comes together when God's people come together and they give of themselves to the work that God has called them to, when when that begins to happen, you know what what we see in Scripture? We see a God-sized impact being made on the communities. We've often talked about what we see in the early church in Acts chapter 2. And I want to look at this real quickly because we get a glimpse of what kingdom impact really looks like. But in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, it says this, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. This is the early church that we're reading about here. This is the early church in Jerusalem. Now look at verse 47. And praising God and having favor with all people. And look at this. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see, there's something really beautiful about when the church comes together and believes with all that they are that they are a part of something much bigger than themselves. There's something beautiful about when the church comes together and gives of itself as individuals. Every member of this church, every individual in this church giving of themselves to belong to something much bigger than themselves. When the church as individuals begin to give of their time and their talent and their treasure, we begin to see a movement that can only be explained as something God is doing amongst us. Day by day, the early church will see in those who were being saved, those who were coming to know Christ, those who had the opportunities to be discipled. And so, what must we do to be this kind of church? We must become laborers. We must become laborers. Luke 10, it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Romans 12, 11 says this, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. We must become laborers for the kingdom of God, for what God is doing in our life, for what God is calling us to do as followers of Christ Jesus. We must become laborers We must be intentional and pray and decide within our hearts how we are going to be generous. I I love this verse in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. How many of us take the time on a daily basis to pray and ask God, God, how... Can I be used for your kingdom today? God, what does generosity look like for me? How can I give of my time, Lord? How can I give of my talent? I know that you've given me abilities. I know that you've, you've gifted me in some unique way. How can I use that for your kingdom? How many of us take the time to spend time in prayer asking God, God, how can I give financially? Lord, how can I contribute to the work that is being done here? The Scriptures tell us here that each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart. And I don't believe that any decision should come without us spending time with the Lord in prayer. So are we praying and are we intentionally deciding on these very important issues in our life As we examine what it means to be a follower of Christ Jesus. And then finally, we must give sacrificially. Not just out of our abundance, but give sacrificially. One day while while he's with his disciples, Jesus, Jesus took notice of something. He took notice of something, and we read this in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. It says this: It says, Jesus looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into an offering box. And he saw a poor widow put two small copper coins, and he said to these disciples, he says, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. She gave it all. She gave her life. And what we see is Jesus taking note of the one who is willing to follow. This morning as we prepare to close in prayer, I want to ask us each as individuals here today, let us devote our time to the Lord. Let us examine our life, and if we're too busy to to serve, Let us examine our life and make some changes in our life where we can devote our time to the Lord. Spending time with Him in prayer, spending time reading His Word, spending time serving Him. Let us devote of our time. Let us dedicate our talents to serving Him. Let us, if we don't already know, let us figure out what our spiritual gifts really are and let us use those for the advancement of the kingdom. And then let us give generously to the mission of Christ. This isn't our mission. This is the mission of God. And He has commissioned us to be a part of it. Let us decide in our hearts through much prayer what generous giving looks like for us. In just a moment, we're going to close with a word of prayer and then our team's going to come up here and they're going to lead us in a time of worship. And I just want to invite you to come and to spend time with God. Come and spend time with God. Just seek Him in prayer. And let us pray, God, what does it look like for me? Because for each and every one of us, it's it's a little bit different. But God, what does it look like for me to be a follower of Christ Jesus? What does it look like for me? Let us come and, and, and pray for those that we know in our community that maybe this Sunday we could approach and ask them to come with us to a church where they can hear about Jesus Christ and the resurrection, how he conquered death and sin through his resurrection and their lives could be changed forever. Let us come to this altar and pray for their salvation. Let us come to this altar and pray for our community. Let us come to this altar and pray that God would set us on fire to reach our community for Jesus. Jesus has given us the invitation. And his invitation is very clear. He says, come, follow me. Let us be followers of Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for all that you are. God, we thank you for life that we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the fullness of God that we experience through your Holy Spirit who dwells so deeply within us. God, stir in our hearts to encouragement, leading us to a place of conviction when there's sin in our life, sanctifying us by Your Holy Spirit. God, it's so wonderful to know that, that we have been given an opportunity to follow You. And though salvation may be free, God, we understand that discipleship comes with a cost. Father, I pray that we would all seek after you. I pray that we would all turn to you this morning with a great and grand question on our minds. That question is, where is our heart? God, give us the heart of Christ that we would mourn for the lostness in our community. God, that we we would long to see people come to know you as our as, as their Lord and Savior. and God, that we can live out our life as true disciples of Jesus Christ. Lord, lay on our hearts this morning somebody that we can invite to church next week to come and be a part of a faith family. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for every moment and every opportunity you give us. To follow you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.